0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the preview podcast on the Royal Blue Channel, where we go behind enemy lines to get the lowdown on Everton's next opponents. My name is Paul Wheelock and at the back end of the week I picked up the phone to Alistair Gold of the Football.London website, He covers Tottenham, who are of course the visitors to Gunnison on Sunday. Spurs are flying after they drew at Barcelona to qualify for the knockout stages of the Champions League, beat Burnley at the death to continue their best ever start to a Premier League season, and then won 2-0 at North London Neighbours Arsenal in midweek to make it through to the Canabao Cup semi-finals. They also have a great recent record against the Blues. They've not tasted defeat in this game since December 2012, when those late, late goals from Nikita Jelovic and Steven Pienaar earned David Moyes' side an unlikely victory. But could this be a game too far for Tottenham? And how will they line up in defence given the injuries they've got? Alistair answers those questions and also gives his take on Mauricio Pochettino's links with Manchester United, as well as giving his thoughts on Everton, Richarlison and the Spurs player who for a long time looked like the Blues had dodged a bullet with. You will then hear Marco Silva's pre-match press conference in full, including his thoughts on the big news about Bramley-Moore Dock, the January transfer window, team news and Everton's record against the Big Six. Enjoy and we'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi Alistair, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast to give our listeners the lowdown on Tottenham ahead of their trip to Goodison on Sunday to to face Everton. Are you doing well, mate? I imagine you are. I am, yeah, yeah. uh,
1: It
2: hasn't been a bad few days.
0: No, well, the absolute true professional that you are, and top journalist that you are, you were actually at the Emirates on Wednesday night, which I'm sure you were alluding to. Uh, to then, <laughs> despite having a week off to see Tottenham, but their place in the League Cup semi-finals with that win over the bitter rivals Arsenal, you know, that that came after the win over Burnley. That you know, continued that brilliant start, best ever start to a Premier League season. The, the draw at Barcelona that secured a place in the Champions League knockout stages. As you were saying, then it must be a great time to be a, a Tottenham reporter and, and to, to be a Tottenham fan.
2: It is. It is. It's good fun. It's good fun. It's. Uh, it's always. It's Tottenham Hotspur, so there's always stuff going on in the background, uh, threatening to kind of pull it apart at any moment. But at the moment, I think the fans are all, all enjoying it. Um, Spurs have got that little bit of fight about them, and they're showing it this season. They're really um, yeah, grinding out the results, you know, to go from the, the camp Nou to back to back to Wembley, where they just really want to get away from against Burnley, and then going back to the Emirates. Looking for revenge and they got it. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good few weeks actually, rather
0: than days. Yeah, to me watching at home uh, on Wednesday night, just underlined the strength of squad that Pochettino's built on pretty limited resources. The fact that you can you can go to the Emirates and put Kane on the bench and then bring him on and influence the match. It's a uh, it's a proper proper team. This one you you're reporting on these days, isn't it? It is. It is.
2: I mean, a lot of people made a big deal and and quite rightly about the fact that Spurs didn't buy a single player in the summer, yeah. but actually. We kind of, a lot of Spurs were saying at the time, the squad actually wasn't as awful as people were making out, especially in the attacking areas. Um, And actually, defensively, last night we had Ben Davies, a left-back in central defence, and he was really good. He was very good in there against Burnley as well. Um, We've had, there's been so many injuries uh, at Tottenham, defensively, attacking, but so some, somehow, Pochettino's rotated his team, and like you say, able to keep Kane on the bench um, against Leicester and Arsenal, and they've won both games 2-0 and quite convincingly. Um, yeah, it's quite positive. There's more to come, though. We're going to lose uh, Son in the coming uh, months for the Asian Cup. Um, there will no doubt be more injuries for the long list of players, but at the moment, it's he's juggling them pretty well, Pochettino.
0: Yeah, the stadium's coming on too, uh, which we'll come to in a moment if that's OK. But I suppose the only potential cloud on the horizon is this speculation linking your brilliant manager, Mauricio Pochettino, with the with the Manchester United job. What's your take on it? You know, Did you expect at the moment Mourinho was, uh, was sacked?
2: Of course, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I don't really think much has changed uh, in terms of kind of what all Spurs fans feared. I think the United job was probably always going to be up in the summer. Whatever, I don't think Mourinho was going to last another season. I think there's probably a surprise that it's maybe come now. I think, if anything, it probably puts the pressure on Tottenham uh, and puts Pochettino in a really strong position ahead of the January transfer window because they know that Real Madrid and um, United are probably going to be looking to come the summer and they've got to back their man which is tough, bearing in mind that the stadium, as we mentioned, the finances aren't really there, but I think they're going to have to, just to show him he's valued. Um, on a personal note, I think it's a little bit too early for Pochettino to me. He's only, got 46. Um, I think these jobs will come around. I know we always used to say the United you know, job didn't come around much, cause, but to be honest, it's pretty regular now. <laughs> I think, yeah. what is it? Yeah. We've had three, haven't we, since Fergie? Um, I think at 46, I think he's at a club where he's absolutely intrinsic to it. He's got his DNA stamped all over this Tottenham side. I mean, he even helped design elements of the stadium for the players. Little bits and pieces very much came from Pochettino's demands. I don't think he's ever going to get that control anywhere else, Um, especially at United. It's a little bit of a mess behind the scenes. Real Madrid's a complete mess behind the scenes. He'd have to rip it all up, start again. Obviously, don't get me wrong there's a massive law when it comes to these massive kind of global teams but it's you, you kind of you get it wrong and I think you can end up putting yourself out into the wilderness like a Moyes or I remember Juan de Ramos went to Real Madrid yeah. I don't even know where he is now the former Tottenham manager it's it's one of those I think I think he's got more time to be a little bit more patient and choosy about things Pochettino
0: I think he's a great analogy the Moyes one because I know he's he's almost become a bit of a you know, figure of fun because it, it didn't work out at United and his other jobs have also not worked out, although he did keep West Ham up, obviously, last season. But he, back then, he was so highly rated. did a tremendous job with, with Everton without probably winning anything. Do you think that's maybe, if Pochettino was to win something with with Tottenham this year, does that just tick every box then To if United do come knocking, to, to turn them down and keep on building what he's done uh, with Spurs?
2: Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, obviously, I think probably the main contender that people are kind of putting up against him for United is Zidane. Obviously, Zidane has silverware coming out of his kind of ears um, as a player and manager. Pochettino (laughs) made a strange comment the other day when someone said again, because he gets asked pretty much, Every other week in his press conferences, about it, you know, I haven't won a trophy. The team haven't won a trophy since like 2008 or so. But he, um, he came out, but you forget I won the Catalonia Cup, um, with Espanyol. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure
2: if you're actually going to qualify that as a major trophy, but, uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think. I think it is the last missing piece of the puzzle. He's a very strange guy when it comes to silverware, though. I can get his logic, don't get me wrong, but he kind of sees the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup as pretty much meaningless. He does see them as something nice for the fans, but in terms of progression financially and kind of the club's global image, he says it's only about the Premier League and the uh, Champions League, which is... Spurs fans used to take the mickey out of Arsenal for their fourth place trophy and Wenger saying in the past it was always important to get in the top four over everything else. It's kind of exactly what Pochettino believes. Um, And I suppose he's always got his favourite expression of perception against reality. Um, I suppose when it comes to him, the amount he's done, what he's juggling, the ridiculous amount of things that have gone on behind the scenes not getting in that stadium, injuries, a captain done for drink driving... Uh, players come back late from the World Cup and he's still got them in third place last 16 in the Champions League and the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup Which not... I mean how, how do you judge a manager yeah. you know because yeah. that, that's probably worth more than
0: maybe a manager going into a club where he doesn't have to do too much to win a trophy definitely agreed and how important this is uh, the new stadium and all this I know when we spoke early in the season for a podcast with Everton's rivals Liverpool that there was a bit of frustration obviously given the fact that everyone expected it to be at the start of the season but it looks like it's progressing on that front it certainly looks incredible the pictures I've seen on, on social media
2: yeah I think we're getting there finally I think yeah. we're actually getting there it sounds like early February is the, the current is a, is the hope they've still got to get a hell of a lot signed off um, they were quite cute in the way they did it they had a, they called it a fan familiarisation uh, last weekend I think it was last Sunday where they met 6,000 fans into the ground just to have a look mainly in the south stand but obviously they could see across the stadium and it was probably the best bit of PR they could have come up with yeah. because not one of those 6,000 fans came out failing to absolutely <laughs> rave about the place um, <laughs> and they've spread the word to every other fan there was videos washed across social media of inside photos as you say uh, and I think it's given a lot more people patience that maybe didn't have it before. And I think they're just like, oh, just get it done, get it done right, and we'll move in there and it'll be brilliant. Yeah. And it does sound like, I mean, I think February have got Newcastle and Leicester, and then obviously it's an enormous game against uh, Dortmund in the Champions League. If Spurs can get into this stadium, which is so tight to the pitch, everything's designed very, very much with the fans in mind. It's going to be a hell of a ground for anyone to come to. Um, and like I said before, everyone's just sick of Wembley. It's totally taken the shine off of what should be an amazing stadium to go to. But I think everyone's just bored of it. <laughs>
0: I suppose Everton are in a position that Tottenham are. Everton want to be in Tottenham's position where they've they've got a new ground ready to go. It's, it's still very much in the consultation stage uh, over here in Merseyside. And Everton, like Tottenham were maybe a few years ago, just outside of that top top you know clubs elite even though Tottenham obviously had a great record in recent season and getting into the Champions League is it hard to break in which you know like Tottenham have done now you think City you think Liverpool and you're probably thinking Tottenham after that
2: I think so I mean you know I hate to keep going on about kind of what Pochettino done but he kind of does deserve it but when you look at the finances involved the money spent by some of those teams and that Tottenham are kind of finishing above them. Um, I mean, even Everton, uh, I remember a couple of summers ago, probably this summer as well, yeah. they, they spent big money. Um, and Spurs spent zero, <laughs> which yeah. is, is absolutely mad when you think about it. But somehow, but yeah, it, it's it's a very, very tough kind of cartel to break into almost. it's um, They spend a lot of money, the big teams, they replace exactly in the positions they need to. Um, and you have to somehow keep up with that constant spending and the consistency that they have. And I think that's what Spurs have found. It's all about that consistency. If you look at kind of the losses column for, for Tottenham in terms of matches, they they don't lose many matches at all. Um, and I think that's probably Everton's next step as well it's just being able to obviously we've seen this season when Everton have gone on a good run and recently a not so great run and you can't really get away with doing that if you want to be in the top four it's it's got to be more the odd loss peppered in with a good run of unbeaten kind of results
0: What have you made of Everton? It's a a new look team to the one that was uh, batting at Wembley earlier in the year and was pretty comprehensively beaten at Goodison earlier last season What have you made of of Marco Silva's team?
2: I I, I, do. I like him as a manager. I do. I'm very aware, obviously, that there seems to be a bit of a perception of this kind of boost initially with teams, and then there's a dip. Now I'm hoping that doesn't come. We've always had a bit of a soft spot for Everton, and I do feel. He's a very progressive manager, you know. We talk about Pochettino. You know, I think he's of that kind of similar mould. Uh, very much a, a players manager, not someone that kind of is aloof and, and steps away from them. Um, I used to be uh, used to be the sports editor to the Hopshire Mercury. We used to cover Watford yeah. back in the day, and, and he was very highly thought of there. Uh, certainly in the early stage. Obviously, it all went a
1: little bit pear shaped <laughs> when yeah. Everton yeah. started
2: <laughs> slipping around. But certainly from that stages he was doing really kind of exciting things with the club Um, and the players were really responding to it and and I I do hope that's what he brings, he's brought in some really good signings, I mean Richarlison, I mean I used to rave about him when I was at Watford, Um, I think he's a player that Spurs probably would have liked to look at as well, I think uh, uh, we're in the weird scenario where Everton can pay a certain fee for a player that actually Tottenham probably couldn't Um, and I think you've got proper diamond there in the player. I think they look bright. The future is looking really bright for Everton. Like you say, they you do maybe more in the long term, hopefully. But in terms of on the pitch, you've got a guy that hopefully should be starting to turn things in an upward direction
0: now. Just asking you about one player, Tottenham beat to uh, beat Everton to uh, Moussa Sissoko. I know there's probably been times over these last couple of years where Evertonians think, "Oh, they've watched him before. He might have dodged a bit of a bullet with him because he, he he didn't really do it." But he seems to have improved a lot this season. Is that fair enough to say?
2: Honestly, it's one of the biggest transformations I've ever seen in football. But yeah, it comes down really. to one thing: it's confidence. Yeah. That's all it is. He was absolutely shot his confidence. I mean, I've seen this guy um, just absolutely get abused by fans at matches on social media. He used to do like Instagram stories with his family, and you could look at the, com- the comments underneath; were horrendous. The guy was absolutely kind of on on the floor when it came to confidence in matches, and and that was that was clear to see. And then something clicked. Um, so like Pochettino's always backed him. He's always been very good with him. And then we started to have kind of injury problems in the midfield and he started to use him in more of a deeper central role, which some people actually say is probably more his natural role in the first place anyway. Yeah. And it is. It's like someone flicks a switch and he's kind of suddenly realised, I know exactly what my job is here. And Pochettino said uh, in the past, I've spoken to him about him, and he said he's not a player we can ask to do special things like, say, an Ericsson does, but you can ask him to do a certain job. He's like... I don't want to do too lofty a comparison but maybe like a light version of Kante at yeah, uh, right. uh, Chelsea he, kind of, he runs non-stop he covers everyone else's space when they want to go forward and even in the 90th minute you'll see him sprinting up and down he's, he's probably the best player in Tottenham's team at transitions and getting them from defence to attack and then getting back to defend again yeah. and, and he's confident and the fans are singing his name and he's absolutely loving it and you probably would have expected he'd be gone in January gone in the
0: summer and I think he might stick around now yeah, again, another uh, string to your bow there with that squad. Do you think he may rotate at all for Sunday? You've had, as we mentioned at the start of this conversation, Barca, Burnley, then Arsenal in the week, you know, trying to be positive for Evertonians on after a bit of a dip in form. Do you think this could be a game too far for Spurs to put the the first choice eleven out? Well, it's
2: going to be tough. I'm, I was surprised at how strongly he went against Arsenal last night. Um, I thought he'd do a bit of a an half-and-half team, but pretty much everyone bar Kane, and Lamella really played in that starting 11. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of tired legs. Um, I do wonder, I think it was, it maybe some of the younger players might even come back in. Carl Walker Peters, um, we're still waiting to hear some injury news. I think that's about to kind of drop any moment yeah. from Pochino's press conference. But I, I would imagine, I think he's going to have to change up at least four or five of those players. Um, the one I'd be worried about is Toby Aldevierro, is how many games he can play in a row as the only fit kind of central defender, they're they're pretty much playing him into the ground at the moment. So, yeah, Everton have certainly got a chance when it comes to that. I mean, it's always a tough place for Spurs to go anyway, because part, really, apart from the, 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 odd, um, you know, the odd game where they've got a decent result. But they're usually tight games. And, and with Tottenham, I mean, obviously you guys are playing this kind of energetic style now. Yeah. Tottenham are not going to have the energy maybe to match that for long periods. They're going to have to adjust their game and yeah there's young players like Cole Peters Oliver Skip I think he might possibly bring in players like that which is only going to benefit you guys really
0: so if it's have to push you for a prediction got anyone in particular (laughs) oh like you say I think this might be one slightly too far
2: for Tottenham but I'm probably not going to say they're going to lose purely because of that grit they've got at the moment maybe go for a 1-1 The
1: Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
4: Uh, Marco, first of all, what is your message to fans singing songs that promote racial stereotypes?
3: To be honest, um, I didn't see. Of course, uh, Brian uh, did his work and already told me, spoke about the, the situation. Of course, we as a club and myself, and not just in football, in sport, in life as well, uh, is something who um, have to put out of the, our life something. Uh, when you talk about some some of type of racism, whatever, uh, football is a, it's a party. is for everyone enjoy and to to be part of the of this sport. And we as a club, you defend always the and um, and you are, are we want out every time every type of racism. in our club is what I can tell you to you because I didn't see nothing and what I can tell you to our fans they, they they love our players they love me as well and they respect all the nationalities we have inside
4: and does Jerry know about it and what is, has his reaction been
3: I didn't I didn't speak with him about about the situation like I told you Brian told me um but for sure it's something doesn't change nothing in in um, he's a happy boy Uh, He loves to stay in our club, he loves to to work every day and it's like he he will go in the the next days, today and next days as well.
4: Obviously this week there's been the announcement that the plan moved to Moor Dock will see a stadium with a capacity of 52,000. Fans that we've polled, 70% are happy with that as well. Obviously there's the potential to raise this capacity to 62,000 in the future as well. I just wonder what your reaction is to the plans because it all seems to be moving forward very positively now.
3: Very positive is what I can say. Um, of course, the, most of the our fans they are happy with the with the number. When you look to, they can reach to 62. Um, the others they will be happy as well. But I think it's a very good step for us as a club. Very very good step for us as a club. I'm sure the our fans. Even if all of us we love our stadium, goodies as well, uh, they will enjoy. Um, and for us as a club, it will be a big step uh, as well. And um, you are giving the right, the right steps to to be stronger as a club, and the new step will be one more.
4: What do these steps say about the ambition that the club has? The ambition that you have being here
3: shows. It's one more step, like I told you, for you to to grow as a club. Of course, you have to to be strong in your squad. To have a good squad. To to getting better every day and every time. Um, to give our fans uh, the best facilities for them to come to enjoy the, the our stadium as well, and it's always good, even to, in some moments, convince um, some players to come as well when they, they can see how we are growing as a club, how we are putting ambition behind us, even our owner, our board, our chairman as well, with this type of moves, uh, show to everyone how we can improve in the future as well as a club. And
4: Marcel Brands has been speaking this week about not paying over the odds for players coming in. Lozano. Again, was mentioned. Is he someone that you are interested in still? What areas do you feel most need attention, and are you hopeful of, of being able to address that in this transfer window coming up?
3: No, I understand the the question. Of course, uh, we did what we do. What we did in the, the summer, very good moves. I think we clearly We improve our squad. Um, like you know, and in, is my opinion as well. Uh, January mark is always really difficult. Um, even when you try to do something, um, normally you spend more money than than is normal in the summer because it's a it's a tough market in the in this January. Gener- of course, you are uh, aware of everything. we are doing our our work as well uh, behind the scenes. Uh, me and Marcel, we are sp- speaking every day about um, the our squad, like we do always. Not just because come the the market again, um, and you are aware about everything. Let's see what we can do or not. Uh, for me, and our focus in this moment will be the, the tough match will come now, um, busy days for us and all the our focus I want to, to be me and my players in this type of games uh, because we want to play them to, to win.
4: Before we touch on that then as well, just about outgoings, Kieran Dow has been linked with Sheffield United, is that a possibility, him going out alone? Also, Phil Jagielka, what's likely to happen with him?
3: What's happened with,
4: with Phil? Just because he's not getting game
3: time at the moment. No, I, I I answered you the last uh, I think was the last press conference about Phil. Phil is our is our captain, he's important uh, player for us, even if he's not playing like was normal in the past as well and like he he wants for, for sure. Um it's my decision. Uh, but he's an important player for us, important player in the in the club. Um and I think he's something not changing the in the next month. Um about the other players I think I don't want to talk about the situation. Uh, like I told you, our focus is just in the the next game against Tottenham and after too fast come the other one. We have uh four games until uh first of January. We have to keep the focus there, all the our squad because for sure we'll need um not just eleven, not just fifteen. Um we need all of them to, to play these four games and I want them with focus in uh, in our daily here and with uh, the games we will have in the future.
4: And is James McCarthy ready to return
3: now? He's ready, of course. He's working. He needs he needs games. Um, of course, it's uh, it's important to him to play. It's up to me to decide uh, what will be the most moment for him to to return. Are you thinking though
4: that you could throw him in? He, he's he's ready to be thrown in,
3: then? He's ready, of course. He's uh, like we you know uh, he had a uh, bad injury and um, he's not. Uh, and normal injured as well. Um, he's working hard uh, to achieve the, the good condition uh, as well. Um, it's up to me to decide. Of course, we have solutions in that position. Not just Ghana and Andrea, they played the last games as well, but Morgan, Tom. Him, even Benny, and we have solutions there. And it's up to me to decide what will be the best solution for the for the match.
4: Just checking on Richardson who was uh, a little bit ill when you had the old hay visit this week. Is, is he okay for the weekend? Also? Yes,
3: will be will be okay. Was uh, a bit ill, uh, but uh, uh, did the session this morning, and uh, looks will be okay to, to the match. And Gomez
4: okay as well? Did he miss a session? Yes, yes, as well. Yeah. Uh, finally, from me, Marco. Just wondered, could you give us your reaction to Jose Mourinho's departure from? Manchester United this week?
3: Obviously, you know him very well. Was it a surprise to you and do you expect him to come back? Uh, obviously, for me, is a, a really bad news. Like you know, he's a he's a friend. And always when you see a manager leave the club, is always a, a bad news. Uh, when he's a friend and when he's one coach like Jose, is um, always bad news for me, for sure. Uh, but for the football, I think, as well, he's a bad news for, for football. Um, what I can tell you, uh, I'm sure, uh, even Jose will come even stronger than the, he was in the in Manchester United and be ready to win again. He's a winner, like you know. Uh, he won in all the countries and will win again for sure. And um, I think we'll come stronger um, for the next project. I've Just looked to the
1: Spurs match. I suppose uh, if we may. Um, Results haven't been what you would have wanted. Um, Performances have been awful. You've been creating chances as well. So, how do you turn those chances into goals? How do you get Everton back on track and back to winning ways?
3: First thing, and it's more clear, we have to be more effective, uh, for sure, because we keep creating. um, Even the last game against City, we created enough chance to to achieve different result. Um, I know the. They have created as well, but when you play there um, against uh, that uh, very, very good team, and we created the chance, we have to be more effective. Um, is one of the things, of course, not just is one because even if you don't, if you don't score, if you keep the, our team solid and compact and uh, doesn't give the chance to them to to score, um, we are always more more close to to win the match as well. He's, we have to, to work as a team, not just to, to score, but to. So don't give them the chance to, to score goals against us. We'll be tough match um, against a very, very, very good team. Quality, not just individual quality, but collective quality as well. With a very good manager, and they are doing um, fantastic work. They are really close, to the first two positions on, on the table. Uh, and will be tough because they have quality, but we have to show our quality as well. We are playing home, and uh, it will be a good opportunity for us to come back to... To win the match um, is something we want. Our fans, they want as well. It will be tough, but we have to do everything to to win.
1: There's an expression about a, a glass ceiling. I don't know if you if you're aware of that at all. Where you can see where you want to go, but you can't get through there. So in terms of trying to beat a, a top eight side, which Everton haven't managed to do this season, what would a win against Tottenham do? Would it break that ceiling? Would it help take Everton to, to the level that they need to be or want to be?
3: That means top eight. Let me know. Top eight?
1: Well, any of the teams in the top eight this season Everton haven't
3: beaten? We are one of them. We are. Huh? Well,
1: <laughs> well you know what I mean, now? Okay, of
3: I understand what, are, what you are talking about. Uh, uh, there's ten
1: points between you and Arsenal, obviously, okay. as well, so... Okay.
3: But Arsenal in this moment uh, was the fifth, yeah? It's the fifth. Okay, I understand your question, of course, um, will be the the... The first came home against one of the the, the top six. Um, will be the first time uh, for us this season. Like I told you, like I told you before, it will be a good opportunity for us to show our quality as well, um, respecting them. We we know his quality. Uh, we already analyzed. We'll do tomorrow again. Um, but we have all the confidence to play our game and to do everything to win the match as well, and to. To show during the the match uh, we are able to to beat them or not this is what we have to do not uh, here talking about uh, the situation but of course we have all the confidence to to do that and um, i understand your question you already showed uh, the enough capacity to to play against this type of teams face to face and to everything to do in the match in some moments we missed something and uh, i hope you will learn with the situation and we'll be able to to win the next match
1: and just finally, for me, they obviously played a, a big league cup game against their local rivals. Is that something you can take advantage of? Maybe a tired bodies, tired mentally.
3: Possible or not, but they have the the enough quality to rest some players when they play one tough game against Arsenal. Stimulates and they they rest a um, striker, one striker like Hurricane, show to everyone is the the quality they have and and. Uh, Occhettino is doing that, he's resting uh, some of the key players in some games. Uh, normal, the the attack line, they are always changing uh, two, three players for each game. That means they come here in a very good condition because they rest one or two to last match. Of course, in the other positions, they have some injuries as well. But when you have Dembele and Yemen and Eric Dier injured, and you can play with uh, Eric and, and uh, Wings and Sissoko, that means uh, the quality they have and show the quality they have. We respect them, like I told you. I don't see big advantage for us in the because this situation is part of the, the schedule. Um, <coughs> but I believe in our team, I believe in our squad. I believe in the atmosphere in our stadium will help us to, to achieve good result. and for us, um, good result is to win the match. Thank you. you. Okay. Marco. Um, just on the closing the gap to the top six, Everton's record against top six in the last ten years has, has not been very
1: good, but...
4: How
3: do you go about you know, changing the gap? Is, is, is it just about money? You know, because obviously they, they get a, a lot more money. Or is there something else that can, can do to, to close that gap? It's something we are working working on. Um, it's, it's not something you achieve uh, easier. It's not something you achieve f- faster. Of course, it's something you want. Our fans, they want as well. I want the, the, They want for tomorrow, uh, for the next match. Uh, uh, this situation you are working on um, of course we didn't achieve the the good results for us in the last uh, uh, five match against them is what i can tell you about you about the situation of course i know the the, the record I, I know all these numbers um i think you are able to to do a different answer the next the next sunday about the gap is something you are working to to achieve it's not easy not just as uh, as a club you want some of the other clubs they want as well um i understand the question of the the money because when you look to the budgets they are, are a big difference between uh, what some of them have <coughs> and what we have but it's part of the it's part of the game we have to work with our players getting stronger our team uh getting better every day and give them the conditions to to play strong and to play against this type of teams because um we have to have the, the enough quality and you have in my opinion the enough confidence to play against them and to try to beat them
0: You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo